This maybe isn't one of the more famous gospel passages among Jesus' miracles, but it's one of my favorites. You know how mathematicians seem to find patterns and math everywhere they look, and English teachers are always finding metaphors in everything they read? Well, my postgraduate degree is in sacramental theology, so I tend to see sacraments everywhere I look, and this is a very sacramental gospel reading, why it's one of my favorites. The sacraments are all about taking ordinary things to do something extraordinary. That God uses very natural things like bread and wine and water and oil, and he does something supernatural with them, gives his grace, works miracles. And friends, it doesn't get any more ordinary and natural than earwax and spit, which is what we're dealing with in today's gospel. Jesus could have healed this man any way he wanted. At one of my other homilies, I said he could have snapped his fingers and the man would have been healed. He doesn't even have to snap his fingers. He can just will it to happen, and it happens. But Jesus chooses to heal the man in a certain way to show us an example, to teach us a little bit how he's going to interact with his people, how he's going to continue to work his miracles and his healings. And so he puts his fingers into the man's ears. That was something the man could feel. Someone comes up to you and sticks their fingers in their ears. You're not thinking about anything else. You're tuned in to what is going on. And spitting touched his tongue. That's gross. <laughs> it doesn't get any more ordinary or natural than spit and earwax. But in this very natural way, in this very tactile way, Jesus works a miracle of healing. And all of a sudden, I would bet this man does not care that this guy had his fingers in his ears or spit and touched his tongue because the man who was deaf could hear and the man who couldn't speak could speak plainly. Jesus uses these very human and earthy ways to convey his grace. That's what sacramental guys like me get all excited about. And so, because I always skip to this very dramatic part, I had, for the most part, completely ignored one other little detail. Distracted by the earwax and the spit, I didn't notice it until I was reading a sermon by St. Bede the Venerable. There's a name you don't hear too often. St. Bede was a doctor of the church, and in his sermon on this gospel passage, he zeroes in on a detail I think I have always skipped. He doesn't spend a lot of time talking about the finger in the ears or the spit on the tongue, but this is what he 
hones in on. He took him off by himself away from the crowd. That Jesus, before he performed this miracle, before he healed the man who was deaf with a speech impediment, he took him off to a place by himself. Bede says that step can't be skipped over. That Jesus did that on purpose as well. And Mark included that detail for a reason. It becomes significant with a little context, understanding why St. Mark mentioned these cities. Jesus left the district of Tyre, went by way of Sidon, into the district of the Decapolis. So if you're up on your Middle Eastern geography, you know that we are on the other side of the Sea of Galilee from the Promised Land. We're no longer in the territory that the Lord gave to the people that he called his own. We're in pagan territory. Tyre, Sidon, the Decapolis are all pagan cities. And the Decapolis is actually ten cities sort of grouped together. They just called them by that common name, sort of like St. Paul, Minneapolis. The Decapolis, ten cities, pagan territory. And so the understanding is then that the people Jesus encounters here don't believe in the one true God. They worship pagan gods. They might have heard of Jesus' power and believed that he could work miracles, but they certainly didn't believe the words he said. And so, one of them, presumably, a man of the pagan people, was brought to Jesus to be healed. And the first thing that Jesus does, before we get to the sacraments part, is he took him off by himself away from the crowd. St. Bede said this, the first hope for salvation for any of us is to be led away from people with vicious habits and away from the commotion of the crowds. That before Jesus worked his miracle, before this sacramental action would really take its effect and change this man's life forever, he had to leave behind his former ways. He had to be willing to go away from the worship of pagan gods. He had to be willing to go away from people who St. Bede says are enraptured in vicious habits. So those who are leading sinful or corrupt lives. He has to be willing to be taken away from the noise and the commotion and the constant chaos that comes with the crowds and the cities. And once the man is willing to go away from those things, then Jesus uses very ordinary 
and natural things to do something extraordinary and supernatural. Now, my sacramental mind wanted to skip that first line and go straight to the sacrament. And perhaps you and I sometimes do that in our life as well. Not just in our reading of the scripture, but we would prefer just to skip to the good part, to skip to the sacrament. Let's just skip to the miracle, Lord. If I just come to Mass every Sunday and go to communion, then everything will be fine. Everything will be good. If I just go to confession, then one day I'll wake up and I'll never sin again. The sacraments are good. The sacraments are powerful. Sometimes we might even say miraculous. But first, in order for them to really take hold in our life, in order for them really to transform us, we have to leave some stuff behind. We have to look at those relationships in our lives that others might describe as toxic. And we have to be willing to be led by Jesus away from those toxic relationships. We have to be willing to be led by Jesus away from the crowds who we call friends, but don't act like friends, and really tear us down or lead us to sin rather than build us up and encourage us in the good things. We have to be willing to be led away from a world which is concerned with, with selfishness and greed, with lust and envy. We have to be willing to be led by Jesus away from those things that we find in ourselves, our selfish attitudes, our lustful inclinations, our greediness and envy, our hatred. Because the first hope for salvation for any of us is first to step away from what is bad so that we might move towards what is good. And sometimes we get frustrated with the Lord because we don't see the transformation in our lives or in the world that he's promised us. But we can't just go through the motions of the sacraments without allowing Jesus to lead us somewhere. He took him off by himself away from the crowd. Which means we also have to be okay being apart from the crowd. From being seen as different than everyone else in the world. If we claim to follow Christ, our life probably should look different from those who don't. If we're led by the words of truth from the one true God, that's going to separate us from those who worship false gods. 
Maybe not the ancient pagan gods of the Near East, but the gods of fame and wealth. You've got people in your lives who worship all sorts of things. And if we're going to be followers of Jesus, they're going to look at us as different, as set apart. We have to be willing to be led away. And Jesus is not leading us away to loneliness. He's leading us to the community of believers. He's not leading us away from our bad friends to make us lonely. He's leading us towards good, holy, life-giving relationships. He's not leading us away from illicit pleasures so that we might never know happiness again, but rather that we might find the good things that really fulfill our heart's desires. It turns out that there's a lot in that one little line where Jesus takes this man by the hand and leads him away in order that he might heal and give life. So what is it that you need to walk away from in your life, in your circle of friends or relationships? What's holding you back or breaking you apart? And what is the Lord calling you to? Will you allow yourself the risk of being led away from what is comfortable and common so that you might find something that these people say was exceedingly astonishing? The Lord wants to work great miracles, great supernatural things in your life and mine. And he does it through the ordinary things of the sacraments, of baptism, reconciliation, the Holy Eucharist especially. But we can't skip the part where he asks us to leave everything else behind, to give ourselves more fully to him. He doesn't demand perfection right away. That's why we do this whole Eucharist thing every week. That's why I sit in the confessional every day. The Lord doesn't demand perfection, but he invites us to progress. Allow the Lord to lead you away from what is bad this week. Open your eyes and your ears to see and hear the good things the Lord is leading you to. And then I'd be willing to bet you too might say, the Lord has done all things well. And you too might be exceedingly astonished. <laughs>